Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week I'm part of a great program called the Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. Hey, hey, my Eagle enthusiasts. This is Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Elevated events, majors, and more are coming up, and FanDuel is here to help you line up a win during the PGA Tour season. Check out live. PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash rg to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details quick disclaimer you must be 21 years old and present in select states if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the ringer.com slash rg this episode is brought to you by hotels.com if you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel we're all over the place sometimes you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast, unlike any other. Oh, yes, my friends, we've done it. This is Fairway Rolling, and Nate Dog has a giant glass of wine. This is a golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. My birdie buddies, my par saving pals, my eagle enthusiasts. We have a rule here on Fairway Rolling. Anytime we have a first round of the U.S. Open, we're not one, but two guys shoot uh, scores that have never been seen in the history of the competition. We're going to jump on. We're going to do an emergency podcast. We're going to break down what we saw. Nate Dogg and I were on the grounds once again. We got to see with our own two eyes, both Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler walk off with 62s. It was marvelous. The tees are in the ground. We are swinging away. Nate Dogg. I see you with a giant uh, glass of wine. Some might call it a chalice. Is that part of your recovery from from all of of the uh, beauty that you saw today? Baby, I don't smoke, but you know you got to do something after a 
moment like that. I mean, six scores of 65 or lower. It's the most in a single round in U.S. Open history. And yet, House, I walk away from today, and we saw a lot that we're going to speak about. We saw both of those guys, Ricky and Xander, finish up on nine with those putts to make 62s. We saw it all. But I still feel, as I sit here, that these scores are going to ultimately back up. We this was just this was a game of just the tip by the USGA. Oh there my is goodness! Going to be a lot more to come. This course is going to get harder. The pins we know it because we walk this course together can get way harder than they were today, and they are going to bring some chaos. I think today was about pace of play and some concerns about getting 156 guys through this very tight golf course. Tomorrow is going to be potentially a little bit harder, and the weekend is going to be motherfucking retribution. So that that is really the interesting question before us right this second, which is how different will tomorrow be from today? Mm. And my gut instinct at this right now uh, juncture is maybe not that different. And the reason that I say that is twofold. In the first place, it seems like the weather is basically going to be the same. Yeah, it, it, it suggests the sun's going to break out by two p.m. But like, dude, by two p.m. and and by two p.m. a bunch of guys will be done. A bunch yeah. of guys who want to go take advantage of this place will go out and have their way with it. Can you believe it was four tenths of a stroke harder this morning? Wave versus the afternoon. Well. That's fine. Which we uh, warned about, by the way. We warned that with the, with the sun coming out later on Friday, that the late early guys would probably have a, a lower or easier time of it. And yet, in this morning wave, that's when we got both of the 62s. Yeah, and, and I don't want to um, suggest that we need to sit down and do a deep dive into the caliber of player that was in the early wave and why that four-tenths of a difference. I'm not going to subject us to that. Okay. But um, the thing that that I'm anticipating for tomorrow, the USGA still needs to get 156 guys around yes. this golf course where the where the, the tees and the greens are super proximate to each other and they can do the very best they can in moving tees and greens, you know, uh, far enough apart, setting up tee boxes so that they're not right on top of, of greens and guys aren't waiting, but you cannot still with 156 guys in the field have pins in places where guys are grinding for seven or eight minutes, you know, over short game and, and, and putts uh, while a group is on the tee waiting. Can't have it. Can't do it. It was still a very long day today, right? It, it, it was. And you saw from the outset of the day, some of the weaknesses or softness in the course, and I don't mean in terms of the firmness, you felt the softness under your feet, but the softness in terms of attackable pins. You called multiple hole-in-ones on 15 as we walked in the gate this morning, and you were right, because that pin was super gettable. Yeah. And but the, even well, two, even the second hole that you right. and I know is supposed to punch you right in the mouth. After you wake up, you play this easy par five, which is really a par four and a half, you should make a birdie there, although, boy, Brooks made a bogey, Scotty made a bogey, and that's why they're where they are. But uh, uh, then you come on to two, and you're just supposed to get punched right in the nose. Victor makes eagle there. 
Well, the the eagle was extraordinary. It was a pin that that permitted that. But the real thing that was missing on two, the teeth of that hole comes from the breeze, and there yeah. just was no breeze. The weather yeah. was down entirely. There was very little Six movement holes under in par. the air. Very little movement in the in the air today. It was still air. It was humid. You that the the you know. The moisture that that I mean, it's a very small uh, index of moisture, I, I, but yeah. it's it's soft. It's soft out there. It's not firm and fast. The greens Yet. are at speeds that are permissible until the weekend. So I think we're going to have a tale of two tournaments. This is yeah. the thing that I I certainly um, hope so. Scoring wise, scoring wise, if you just looked at these scores, you would say these these guys are at a TPC somewhere. But but I think if you're the USGA, you are looking at this scoreboard, the leaderboard, and saying this is exactly what we wanted. We have a ton of interesting guys, which again, as you pointed out to me, vastly different styles. Brian Harmon is on this leaderboard. Rory, Bryson, Scotty, Dustin, yes. Wyndham Clark is there. But Ricky coming back, you got a whole, you got an ex-amateur in Sam Bennett who, boy, we've seen this show before, haven't we, at the Masters. Max is lurking. I mean, you go all the way down the list and there are just guys of all different shapes and sizes who definitely have a chance because, again, we talked about coming off and I think uh, it was Jason Sobel, our good buddy, uh, who talked about doing a little research on the 1980 U.S. Open, in which a couple guys, including Nicholas, went out and shot 63. Uh, they ended up only... W- Nicholas won the tournament at 8-under. Th- there's going to be a bunch of guys who back up, if not tomorrow, to your point, certainly Saturday. Yeah, so the question really is, how far under par do the guys get tomorrow? Who backs up? Who validates today's round with another pretty good round tomorrow. And then we do still expect it to back up. You know, we were lucky enough during our walk around on Wednesday to run into a couple great pals, uh, Brendan Porath and Kevin Van Valkenburg. And the four of us had a little chat, you know, what do we ultimately think the, the winning score will be? And we kind of settled on 10 under and it's still, I still feel like that's not yeah. out, outrageous. I still yeah. feel like that's kind of decent. Because I think if you're, you're hammering the over right now for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if if you found it at seven and a half or seven, but you're not m- meaning it's going to go. The scores are going to go lower into the minus eight, minus nine, minus ten, minus eleven, twelve, something like that. But y- you're going to do it with a little more bravado and confidence than you should because this golf course is going to change. Yeah, and and it, I can't wait to see it. I mean, I really do think that um, the juxtaposition of this version of the golf course against what we're going to get over the weekend, uh, and and really. It, even if the wet weather isn't completely cooperative, there is still room for yes. the the USGA to ramp up the speed on the greens. They can do it, and um, for sure the pin positions because there are some some yes. pins. There the greens. There are a number of greens out there with such a wonderful array of of opportunity to create. You know, a required different skill set. And even what we're seeing like like today, you know, like just just the 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 numbers that are going to be required and the angles from where guys are going to be coming in. Yeah, it's it's badass. Nate. Thought. Yeah. These greens have a bunch of tongues or fingers or however you want to say it. They look like you took a <laughs> paintball and splattered it on a wall and you can True. put a pin in any of those little outcroppings that have these very, very difficult bunkers that 
you know, are the protection for the course. We don't have any water on this course. We saw Ricky get into the Barranca today and everyone said, well, there goes his 62. Hell no. He had a great punch shot out of there. And, you know, even Phil, who Phil is lurking, Phil is lurking, uh, but Phil, who ha- had it up to three under, got into that cabbage on yes. six and yes. then, you know, made two straight bogeys. So this course has plenty of protection, even when the wind is down and the, and the, and the greens and fairways are a little bit softer, but, but it is going to come in the form of the, of the pins. I do want to ask you briefly, we're not going to talk about tee boxes forever, but it did feel like the guys got off about as easy today as they could. Right. I mean, cause we saw an 11, the tee was moved up. They were, yeah. they'd moved it up seven. on seven yeah. yeah yeah that's right so i i mean i think you know they they have a strategy they have a game plan there are they are going to get the guys around i'm going to knock on wood that we don't have anybody playing round two uh, on saturday morning um, no no that's that, not that, going to happen that'll be a you know we, we they can ensure that by the pins tomorrow yeah. I, I mean i want to talk about winners and losers from today as far as you saw but can you just give us yesterday you saw the course on the front nine for the first time today you really dove deeply into the back nine was there any uh sort of takeaway for you uh based on what you saw differences from the front how you think about the the course and those closing stretch of holes well, the closing stretch of holes is where the tournament is going to be won or lost. So let's, you know, just use every one of those dumb cliches. But, you know, the challenge of 16, 17, now 18 is is kind of cool because 18, it feels like depending on where the pin is, if you're coming down a stretch and it's hotly contested, birdie is, is kind of possible on, on 18. Birdie on um, 16 and 17 is, is going to be more extraordinary. Both of those played over par today, and it, there is room on both of those holes. 17 to, was the hardest hole. To yeah. ramp them up, um, yeah. for sure. The back, 13 also played hard, and you you know it, it kind of makes sense when you uh, see the, um, the, the, the giant sw- swooping nature of, of the rolling nature of, of the fairway. Right. Um, t- 12 was, was very cool. It's a blind tee shot. So again, like I was struck by the combination of elevation change. You know, you're going down the canyon, you're coming back up the canyon, and yep. the natural defenses of the golf course. In that respect, what did fourteen end up playing at um, on average? Because uh, uh, only a tenth of a shot over yeah. par, so it, it, it hung in there pretty oh, well. Wait, wait, wait! Fourteen was over par. Yes, the only par five that that was uh, on the backside was over par today. It, 14 was over par. It, it, it had 29 birdies. It had three doubles or worse and 38 bogeys, which I think pulled it over. I mean, 20% of the guys made birdies. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's so 14 is is a is a hell of a golf hole. It's a ton of a 623 yards. I mean, yeah, it, yeah it's a ton. It, and 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 the pins there, as I sort of forced you to walk and take a look at there there as you're approaching that green there are some pin placements that can happen in the front right part of that hole that might turn it into a par six and a half it's also like very obscured like the, the look from the fairway right um it looks it, benign it, it is fucking not yeah right exactly right this episode is brought to you by hotels.com if you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids games it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel we're all over the place sometimes you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, 
Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Calling all podcast fans. Spotify makes it easier than ever to discover new shows to love. Get personalized episode recommendations and easily preview them before you dive right in. Find exclusive video episodes from your favorite hosts and guests. And with some, you can even connect with them through polls and Q&A directly within their episodes. It's everything you want in one app. So what are you waiting for? Try the podcast experience today on Spotify. Uh, let's do winners and losers. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to let you have your day in court here. You were ready to bury the the shiv in Patrick Cantlay as he made the <laughs> turn at plus three and you were sort of doing stretches preparing yourself. I just want to tell you that he birdied the last two to get himself to plus one, which is very much still in this golf tournament, depending on how things happen. I, I, I will say that the reason that we have been at all three majors house on the ground on the range, on the practice rounds, watching these guys hit is because you really do learn things when you're there in person. And that range session that we watched yesterday, late in the day, seeing Jordan Spieth shaking his hands, uh, shaking his head, shaking his clubs, all it, it was... Uh, about what we expected. Now, he he sort of got himself back into place at plus two, but, I mean, he's going to be fighting tomorrow to make a cut in the same way that Colin Morikawa sitting at you know, plus one, okay, so he's he's still in this golf tournament for sure, but w- we, we saw on the range that Colin Morikawa was struggling. He made three bogeys today. The difference is, at the same time, Dustin Johnson was down there banging the crap out of balls, Bryson DeChambeau was down there banging the crap out of balls, looking strong, looking confident. And lo and behold, those two guys shot, you know, five of the best rounds of the day. Yeah. And I think it's fair to lump Spieth and and Morikawa together because they both have injury concerns. Like, I, I think, you know, we're not getting the very best version of either one of them where they're showing up feeling 100% confident in their physical you know, their physical ability to, to get around and, and, and score and any kind of lingering doubt, anything that's going to Im- impair your confidence at yeah. this venue, it's just it's just tough. I mean, yeah. the, the, the birdie putt that Spieth had on 15, he almost made a hole-in-one on 15, and then he had whatever you know, shot link says. Yes. And come on. I mean, yeah. God, it just... You you can't make your own breaks that way. Yeah. Um, and 
Well, speaking of missed putts, I mean, let's rotate to the guy who played an excellent round tee to green again today, but he had, you know, bookending bogeys, including uh, we watched him come up 18 and we said, gosh, he finally is going to get through a round putting extraordinarily well. And by the way, he, uh, I mean, let's, let's not take anything away from Scotty Scheffler's day today. He was 33rd in putting. He gained over a shot, but it, it, it is that short little putt to clean things up that seems to be killing him and he three putted 18 and that's the difference between you know being four back and five back which all right let's see again let's see what happens but it it was a reminder that there is still this weird ass hole in this guy's game that does not seem to be wholly fixed despite the fact that you know he was he was uh, 13th tee to green today i'm here to tell you he is my pick to win this U.S. Open. He's available on FanDuel right now at plus 650. There are three players ahead of him, all deservedly so, three or four players. DJ might be ahead of him also in the odds. But I don't need him to have a perfect fix to his putting okay. to feel calm. I just need him to show reasonable progress. And he did okay. better than that. 33rd okay. today. And he was only 33rd because he three-putted yes. a super it's, unnecessary three-putt on, on yeah, 18 yeah, yeah. because the approach on 18 was fine. That was not a three-putt okay. kind of putt. I mean... Okay, but if that's how you feel about Scotty, how do you feel about DJ, who was first tee to green, shot six under, and was 103rd in putting today? I mean, he probably had a 60 in him. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so happy to see him where, you know, his head and his game seem to be in the same place. I'm, in a lot I'm of ways, if this it. is a cerebral course, I mean, there's two ways to, to approach a cerebral course. One is, I got to think the shit out of this. And the other is, fuck it, let's just go play golf. I'm not going to be, you know, disturbed and perturbed by the bad breaks or the craziness of it all. It, it seems like he at least got enough strategy to get around there. And tomorrow, if he hits putts, I mean... Boy, right. he, he's a danger right now. He's and the reminder, only guy in the top 20 who who is even remotely close to 100 in putting. Pretty good track record at Riv. I mean, this yes. is a guy, you know, who, who's shown a little bit of uh, comfort level on a on a George Thomas design. So, sure. Yeah, and and sure, he's a DJ. member at Sherwood. Like, he's no stranger to Southern California golf. He has played this course plenty. And I think we probably didn't focus as much on him because he hasn't factored... Uh, at least he didn't factor at Oak Hill in a meaningful way. And we started to think about Brooks in particular as the guy coming off live who we needed to look out for. I, I mean, I, Brooks today looked about like what we were concerned about. I mean, I think it's so hard. You see what happened with Rom. You see what happened with Cam Smith. You've seen JT even and the hangover that those guys are all going through post winning a major. They're still awesome, awesome golfers. But it is so hard to win two in a row, and it's probably even harder when you've got a, a you know a baby on the way and you've attended every single uh, other major sport <laughs> <laughs> conference final and final game that could possibly exist in your home state. So he's been somewhat distracted, and I think he acquitted himself decently well with his one over round. He's still in this thing, and oh, he's he, in he, it. He he's just didn't it. he didn't hoss it up. I mean, the thing about Brooks today was he was hundred. 35th off the tee, yeah. 92nd in putting. It, it just was 
not sharp. And no, because he's he's been enjoying. He's a major winner again. It's, but it's, but listen, we thought Brooks might be the man to beat, and today he came in. Eh. He was not the man to beat. I did not have a lot of exposure to Brooks on on my card, and my card has says some some winners and some losers. I have some regrets. Tyrrell Hatton. And then our beloved. Now look, tomorrow's a different day, and maybe yep. Tyrrell Hatton will get a great night's sleep and and you know find something to his liking in the wonderful L.A. cuisine. Yeah, but he he's got to write the ship. Um, and I'm not ready to write anybody off. I want you to to do me a favor and pull up John Rahm's numbers. Yeah, I'm because looking at him. he's sitting there right at at uh, twenty to one at the moment. And if there's a guy that I look on the board and think is capable of coming out tomorrow and shooting 61 or 62, he's at the he's at the top of my list. He's very high up there. House, just just right now, off the top of your head, name me the three uh, best drivers of the golf ball in the game. The three best drivers of the golf ball? Yeah. It's Rory, Scheffler, and Rom. Yes, uh, you would say in some order it's those three. Maybe somebody else we can quibble, but Rom is there. He was 142nd off the tee today. It's just yeah. not going to happen that way tomorrow. No, he's no. going to hit more than five fairways tomorrow. Right. Period. Yeah, this, this, there's a basic regression thing with with him. When when we saw him, he came through, and we were looking at his stats as he came by us, and he hadn't hit a, a fairway in regulation. We were like, what? Yeah, because they're 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 fairways. They're no, yeah. they're, they're sizable. We got the we got the pissed off version of John Rom today. There's a lot of frustration. Looked like on six he was going to break the hybrid over his leg. Yeah. He was squeezing the putter like he was going to squeeze the life out of it. And by the way, I, he was 11th on approach and 17th in putting. I mean, that's yeah. There we go. What his driving stats usually are, that's going to put right. him in first place. But when you're 142nd, yes. that is just it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's that's why the play is. So we, I, I think we kind of went through. Do, do you have uh, uh, anybody else you want to talk about? Well, of course. I think there are two people who we really need to speak about, and yes. they were the ones who got a lot of attention coming in. One because this was his home game, and that's Max Homa, and the other because, I mean, because we talk about him every time we come and do a major championship, and and the state of his mind and the state of his game, and that's Rory McIlroy. And I, I thought both of them acquitted themselves extraordinarily well today. Rory just decided he was going to hit the living shit out of the golf ball today. I loved it so much. I could not have enjoyed it more. And one thing that that was palpable on the grounds, there was a lot of Rory support. I mm. mean, there's there, there is there is it is a funny um kind of dynamic because it's not giant crowds at this venue. They they just can't um accommodate it. It's too small of a, you know, the routing won't won't accommodate no, it. it. 4,000 people walking through. I mean, it felt sparse out there. Except for there are a couple like choke points where, you know, we we were yeah. um but it wasn't 10 deep. Up. It was no, too deep, no. 3 deep. Yeah, yeah. 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 But still some 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 genuine rooting for Rory, especially Absolutely. on that, that front nine. It Ooh. was loud. You could hear it. It it was it was good. Um what were you impressed by most with Rory today? I think it's that he came off a weekend in which he struggled a bit and it seemed like he got the haircut. He got in front of the press. He managed, you know, what was a pretty hot spotlight in the beginning of the week with all of the greatest soap opera on earth right now between, you know, the PGA and live stuff and 
took the questions and you know, we just said part of the mental challenge of this week was going to be who can put all that stuff aside. And if we were betting men based on his performance last week, we would not have said Rory McIlroy, but he really handled himself mentally extraordinarily well today. And that is exactly at the end of the day what we'd say about Max Homa, who yeah. came in with a whole bunch of different questions he had to answer, not about the merger in quotes so much, but uh, but really more about his performance in majors. And and this coming to his hometown, we'd been talking about this since, honestly, since he won the, uh, the, the, the tournament in Napa for the Fortnite for the second year in a row. You just started to get a sense. And then into Torrey Pines, boy, uh, this was the, the thing that's been circled for a long time. And to get out there and acquit himself well, as he said in the interview afterwards, I felt like it was really a professional round of golf. He's happy. He's comfortable. He likes there where he go. is. Yeah. He knows this is a long race. And these are different, different vibes than he's given off after the first round of almost any major we've seen him play in. Well, I like it. I like where the homie Homa is out and he's validating the investment by a lot of folks. I mean, we didn't go heavy in, in, in the betting markets after him because he, he'd lost his value. But for the purposes of a guy that we love to root for and a guy trying to confront a challenge and, and you know, meet it in, in, in circumstances he hasn't really covered himself in glory, let's let's go ahead and do it, right? Well, that's fine. But before we sort of move on from talking about people, House, two guys shot the first 62s in the history of the U.S. <laughs> Open today, and one of them is Ricky effing Fowler. There we go. And the other is, he's been very, laying very, very low from my vantage point in Xander Schauffele. I mean, we know we've heard stories about his dad yelling at, at Jay Monahan. We heard, you know, all kinds of frustrations around the lifts up, but we haven't seen Xander really grabbing golf tournaments by the throat. Uh, these two guys really went head to head today. And again, you were watching the scoreboard and you, you saw Ricky come up nine and said, I think he's going to own this record for less than 25 minutes. And it ended up being 22. That was really great. It was really fun to see now, Xander has a track record of, and I know these stats are all over the place. Early that sprints. He well, he he goes out um, at majors, especially. He, you know, he's a, he's he's led the most majors, I think, over the last three years um, than anybody as a as a first round leader. Um, so not that surprising to what see him show up. Um, preparation and mm. and you know, ton of skill. I mean, well, you know, I for sure. Yeah, and the, I think it's honestly, the Charlie Hoffman phenomenon at the Masters, isn't it? Though, yeah, he's got to end this thing. There's a swag. I honestly think there's a confidence. There's a level of confidence with him um, mm -hmm. where he he is. He does not. I don't think feel pressure early in rounds. Early in rounds at majors, we see him feel pressure at the end of rounds because yep. he could have won the ma the Masters that Hideki won. Yeah, uh, until he hit it in the water on 16, but. Um, that was like, you know, him having a good first round at, at the beginning of this thing. California guy certainly understands, you know, some of the the, the um, L.A. terrain concepts um, and just moved around and seemingly, you know, not nonplus. I mean, you know, unaffected. Um, yeah. The Ricky thing was great. How great was, was that? It right? just was terrific. Great energy. Uh, and again, as, as we talked about a pretty sparse crowd overall, I mean, we were looking at the 18 and the nine grandstand, which are the two biggest on course, pretty much outside of what's behind 12 and geez, there, there was, uh, 
you know, there was not a lot of cheering going on except when Ricky made that putt to to save his 62. Interestingly, there was some good video footage of Ricky waiting back to talk to Xander. Ricky seemed to be very satisfied and taking in the uh, congratulations. And, you know, we saw him walk up with his wife holding hands. He sort of seemed to be acknowledging the accomplishment of it. Xander, who's been here before, as you just said many times, seemed to be a little more cool, calm, and collected and and unmoved by this. Um, So we'll see if Ricky can muster it up again tomorrow to to shoot another strong round. It's very hard to follow 62 with another low round. Yeah, and I I mean, you know, anything around par, a little under par will be fine. (laughs) I don't want to put, you know, I would be putting an additional... Uh, pressure uh, on on really either one of them. I do think that there is going to be another round of pretty decent scoring tomorrow. Yeah. But hey, listen, if you're Ricky and you're first in putting and sixth in shots gain approach, or you're Xander and you're first in shots gain approach and fifth in putting, so basically, you know, same stats swapped, as long as they get off the tee okay, and both of them did today, uh, it's green light, baby. That's the best way to end this Thursday recap of the U.S. Open. Green light, baby. This is the kind of golf that we like, but we're also going to see this whole thing turn, we believe, over the weekend, a whole nother type of challenge. We're back on Sunday with the full recap. Unless more records are set tomorrow, then we'll have to jump right back on for another emergency pod. Thanks to the Nate Dog, and thanks to our producer, Eduardo Ocampo, on emergency duty. Great job. Eduardo, great job. Nate Dog, birdie buddies, please enjoy this U.S. Open. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time and the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com.